Hey guys and girls, welcome back to Molecule to Market, where I have just returned from CPHI North America in Philadelphia, and what a fun event it was. I'm sure if you attended, your belly is pretty full from all the gorgeous food available at the Reading Terminal Market, which was basically the gathering area for 90% of the attendees and exhibitors at lunchtimes whilst at this show. Like some of the previous events that I've attended this year, I've done a small set of interviews, CPHI chats to get a pulse on the sector and get some different perspectives in terms of what's going on in the industry. Today, what I wanted to do was bring a selection of interviews that cover not just kind of new people that you might not have heard of or come across before, but also some opinion on challenges that we're seeing in the sector. And there's one that you'll see coming up again and again, but also some of the trends and opportunities on the horizon. So certainly not to be missed given the briefness of these episodes. And in terms of my guests, a real range of people uh, who will bring some interesting perspectives for you. So first up, we have Rob Lee, who is the president at Lubrizol Life Sciences, the CDMO division at Lubrizol Corporation. Rob was one of our early guests actually on the podcast if you want to go back and listen to his episode. Next up is Lauren Norton, or Hannah as she got married recently, who is a delightful lady who is the publisher at Contract Pharma. So it gives a really interesting view on the media view of what's going on in the sector. Bob Makadangdang, who is Client Development Manager at Sharp, which is Contract Pharmaceutical Packaging Organization. He is a really fun, interesting fella, and it was great to get some of his views. Stephen Holdsworth, he was the VP of Global Head of Platform Management and Marketing at Corden Pharma International, which has just completed a private equity investment. So you'll get the insight on that as well. And last but certainly not least is a lady I've known for a long time, uh, Claire Robinson, who is Partnership Manager at Sterling Pharma Solutions. And Claire has actually just relocated from the northeast of England to the US. So a very familiar story to myself personally. So it was also great to get Claire's view on what's going on in the industry too. I hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, give us some feedback. Let us know if you like these short snippet types of podcasts. The analytics suggest that you do, but some opinion and feedback on how else you want us to do these is always appreciated. Before you go today, give us a little five-star rating. Come on, you know you want to. And maybe share this episode with a colleague. It'll make you look really cool and really look that you've got your finger on the pulse as well. And you'll be sharing knowledge with someone else. So everyone is a winner. Enjoy today's show. Hey, Rob, please tell our listener who you are and what you do. Hi, Roman. I was nice to see you. I'm Rob Lee, president of LLS Health CDMO division. So, Rob, you have been a former guest on. It was a while ago, but please tell our um, listener a bit about Lubrizol Life Sciences. Um, sure. So, Lubrizol Life Science Health is a full-service CDMO. Uh, we grew out of the formulation slash drug delivery space, so that's really our core competence. We work with clients anywhere from the small startup uh, venture-based 
uh, organizations through the largest pharma generic companies. And so we touch a lot of different APIs, we get to touch a lot of different dosage forms, but we really specialize in sterile products and ophthalmics. Hey Lauren, tell our listener who you are and what you do. Sure, I'm Lauren Hanna, I'm the publisher at Contract Pharma. And Lauren, for our listener who's been living under a basement for 30 years, please tell <laughs> us um, who Contract Pharma are and what you guys do. Sure. So Contract Pharma is a multi-channel global publication dedicated to trending topics, news, all the different happenings going on in the pharma biopharma outsourcing industry. And I am a bit biased, but I'm a big fan of Contract Pharma and still read the publication when it comes in the mail. So yeah, very as good. you should. Hey, Bob. Tell us and our listener who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, sure. Name Bob McAdang Dang. Work for Sharp uh, Packaging Services. I support the business development efforts at Sharp, uh, both from inception of the opportunity all the way through uh, maintaining the customer relationship if that needs to be done. Uh, setting up the systems that we need to do to achieve that goal. And for our listeners that have not heard of Sharp or don't know what you do, Please tell us a little bit more about the organization. Mm-hmm, sure. Sharp is a contract packager for the pharmaceutical um, products, um, both on OTC side and also on a uh, RX side of our, of our packaging capabilities. Uh, we have locations in Europe, uh, UK, and United States. Hey, Stephen, tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, Raman. So, uh, Stephen Holsworth, I'm the VP of Global Platform Management and Marketing here for Cordon Pharma. And tell our listeners who Cordon Pharma are, what do you do? So, Cordon Pharma is a full-service CDMO in the industry, uh, offering our clients solutions for both API and drug product. Very good. And you've had some exciting news recently as well in the business. Is that yeah, right, absolutely. Uh, we were recently announced uh, the purchase uh, from our current shareholders of the organization by a private equity firm in France uh, called Ashtok. Very good. Hi, I'm Claire Robinson. Uh, I'm a partnership manager at Sterling Pharma Solutions. Uh, so essentially I work in the commercial team and look after all our existing clients. And Claire, tell us a bit about Sterling Pharma. What do you guys do? So we're a, a contract pharmaceutical manufacturing company, uh, or how we like to brand ourselves, we're a PDMO, so a partnership development manufacturer organization because we believe that partnership is a key differentiator for us. And you have recently relocated to the US from the UK? I have four weeks ago, yeah. And how are you finding uh, the warm hospitality of the Midwest? I have to say they're very, very friendly, like people from Newcastle. Uh, everyone you know, wants to say hi and very, very welcoming. Can't, can't praise the Midwest people enough. And Rob, what's it like being at an event again, a traditional trade event? Uh, I think you and I haven't seen each other in person for a long time, so just get curious to get your take on what it's like here. Ramad, for one, it's wonderful to see you in person, <laughs> and it's it's just great to be at a live event. It's It seems like a world or an eon ago um, since things seem normal, and this almost seems normal, and it's really good to see people interact face-to-face and actually have discussions again, so it's great. Do you think that these events are here to stay? Yes, I do think so. Um, one way or another, I think the wave has passed, and I think that there's enough folks that are protected that uh, you know, we could safely have these effects. You and I caught up at DCAT a couple of months ago, Lauren. What's it like being at 
I, I suppose, a, a more traditional trade show being here at CPHI. How have you found it? Do you think they're here to stay? Do you think this is the death of the trade show? It's a good question. Um, definitely for everyone that was here in August versus right now, it's definitely picked up. It's feeling a lot more normal. It's obviously great to see people after two, three years in person. A lot of reconnections being made. I think the trade show trend, even before COVID, was moving away from some more of the traditional shows. I think people are leaning towards some of the more unique shows like a DCAT, like a Contract Pharma show, which we are doing in person in September again. Um, but I think COVID really put us in a position where these traditional shows need to change. I think that we're seeing people more focused on strategic meetings as opposed to gimmicks or happenings at the booths. Um, so I really think it's coming back to more normalcy, but I would recommend to anyone, make sure you're doing your due diligence in advance to set up meetings and make sure you see all the right people while you're here. Great advice. And what on that point, then the Contract Varma conference, which is quite a famous conference and yes. it's always a very, I mean, I've been there a few times, very... I mean, definitely not one you could do during COVID times because no. it's so busy. <laughs> how, um, how are you guys going to change the format at all? Is it going to be any different, or you're not allowed to say? Oh, I can I can speak to that, and there's some more information that's going to be coming out in coming months. Um, it's going to we're going to try to keep it as close to pre-COVID as we can because people really love the format of our show because it's so different because it's one day it's in and out. People are coming from the local area. It's people love the format of our show. That said, we are making a few changes just to give a little bit more space. Since you've been to our show, you know how busy it can be, which as an exhibitor, we love a busy show, but as a COVID conscious person, we maybe don't love it as much. Um, so we are making some changes with the hotel just to give a little bit more space in the exhibit hall, but we want the experience for our attendees and our exhibitors to be as close to pre-COVID as possible. So it shouldn't be entirely different, just a little bit more breathing room, a little bit more space. Very good. Bob, what's it like being back? at events here at CPHI but oh, it's, been, uh, it's, it's pretty busy here as well uh, yeah it's refreshing it is you know uh, it's been a while since we've had this uh, kind of uh, buzz uh, I feel that people are still sort of apprehensive coming out uh, which is understandable uh, but I think it's going to start to pick up but uh, you know the energy is here the buzz is here and I think it's going to continue as we go to, to the next years Stephen, we're here at CPHI in Philadelphia. What's it like being back at events? How have you found the show or trade events back for good? It's great to be back in person. There's been a lot of uh, you know reconnecting with uh, people in the industry. Uh, you know, uh, yesterday was extremely busy. Most of everybody reconnecting, I think. Uh, but it's great to see some customers coming through the doors as well. Uh, um, so yeah, no, I think uh, trade shows are definitely back. Um, I think. Uh, you know, everybody's missed the opportunity to meet face to face. It's always easier to do it in person than on a Zoom meeting or something. So yeah, I think definitely uh, the uh, the trade shows are back. Uh, let's uh, see uh, how the rest of the show goes. Uh, but you know, so far so good. So far so good. Okay, what's it like being? back at events in person here at CPHI in Philadelphia? Oh, it's fantastic. It, this is my first in-person event since uh, all the COVID restrictions lifted. So it's really nice to see people um, and just see everybody out and about. It's great. And do you think it's back for good? Or do you expect them to tail off and go back to more virtual events or anything like that? I think it's here to stay. I think you can't, you know, in-person is, it's completely different. A virtual just, it's not for me. And let's talk about challenges in the industry. What are you guys seeing from a challenges perspective, Rob? Uh, 
always a challenge with supply chain. It's um, there's a big challenge with resources and the great resignation. So we've suffered from it. We're in a tremendous rebuild mode. We have a lot of open positions. It's going to take some time. On the plus side, we have full support of our organization to that is approving every um, requisition that we have for new personnel. So that's good. It's just going to take some time and we are not alone. Everyone I've talked to in the CDMO space is suffering the same thing. So it's, it's a new norm, I think. And Lauren, from a challenges perspective, and obviously you're not our typical interviewee and you're, you're coming at it from a, a media and a content perspective, what challenges do you guys have on the horizon from an industry perspective? Sure. Well, I think in general, when we think about a, a publication, we think about media, when we think about marketing, just like the trade shows going through an evolution, I think we're seeing an evolution in terms of how people place media, the types of media they look to place. There's always going to be room for more traditional placements like a print or a display advertising with, like, with our publication for general brand awareness. But in general, we're seeing a move towards content. We're seeing content still king, but relevant content, fresh content, interesting content, making sure that you're focused on trending topics, what's really at top of mind in the industry to get the most play there. So looking at lead generation tactics, but how can you make interesting content in a very noisy space that people are interested in? And that's how we've been adapting this year is finding new ways at in integrating more video, integrating more opportunities for thought leadership, using that as a lead generating mechanism. I think that's where we're seeing media going right now. And so having someone internally or working with a good marketing partner that can help you generate that topic. Topic. It's a really big challenge for a lot of our advertisers, and I think finding the right partner for that, maybe like a remarketing, well, I didn't want to say, <laughs> is is really helpful. So I think looking for those right content opportunities and making sure that you're maximizing them. So if you're doing a webinar, make sure you have a white paper. Make sure you're using that as maybe an executive summary or an article. Um, and we have all of those different mechanisms to get it out there. But content is sort of one of the biggest challenges we're seeing right now. Bob, what are the biggest challenges that you're seeing in the industry at the minute, things that are impacting your business or impacting other other people in the sector? Sure, I mean, we've all heard the word supply chain and we are not immune to that issue uh, with deliveries of our uh, components in bulk and, you know, uh, that's always been a challenge, uh, both from for us and also our customers because they want to make sure that their products are out in the market and the patient is not affected by it. But we know we're all affected by it. Uh, and you know, we're starting to you know, devise some strategies uh, such as um, multiple vendors uh, and also potentially doing more uh, like safety stock levels, uh, things like that with the customer, uh, both from the component side and also the finished goods side. So that way, you know, they would have enough stock uh, in, in, you know, to support the, the patient in the long run, that they will not run out. And that's the biggest achievement we're trying to get here. Steven, what challenges are you seeing in the industry at the minute? I, that could be macro level things, it could be you know, right in, in your kind of eye line. Just interesting to get your take on that. Well, so obviously, you know, there's still ongoing supply capacity issues in the industry. So obviously, the Ukrainian conflict is the latest uh, supply chain uh, 
you know, issue that we're seeing. Um, it's we're managing our way through that for our customers, but just generally capacity in the in the industry. Uh, there's a lot of people out there looking for products, and there's not a lot of capacity. So we're really struggling to to get our customers in on uh, on the timelines that they want. But uh, we're trying to be as flexible as possible and uh, keep things moving forward for our customers. And do do the supply chain issues, for example, where you mentioned Ukraine? Yeah. Does that presumably impact the lead times that you exactly. are offering your customers? Yeah, so uh, we're seeing it on you know raw materials for the synthesis of the APIs. Um, we're seeing it in some really uh, strange uh, places. Uh, you know, our you know gas supply for analytical equipment was uh, impacted uh, a few weeks ago. You know, we're running some major capex expansion programs right now, and it's really difficult. It seems to get stainless steel for the for the reactors and stuff. So, yeah, all aspects of the supply chain are being impacted. So, uh, you know, we're trying to be as creative as possible uh, for our customers, keeping their products on 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 time, in full. Um, we're moving schedules around as necessary to kind of fit people in. But yeah, it's it's a it's a major challenge right now. Claire, what? What challenges are you seeing in the industry generally? Things are, are impacting Sterling or your clients, just wider industry things? Um, supply chain, definitely. Um, obviously, with uh, COVID and everything happening, we've, we've seen some shortages of certain items, uh, consumables. Um, I think as well, travel, I think, has been difficult, which I think we're coming to the end of that now, which is nice. Uh, so a lot of my clients are preparing to visit uh, and have in-person meetings again, which is great. And final question, Rob. What trends are you seeing on the horizon? What things that people should be aware of? Um, from your discussion earlier, Raman, uh, which I was uh, very glad to, take, to catch, uh, there is a trend of um, looking at hedging your bets, secondary sourcing, really planning ahead something else is going to happen. There is going to be another pandemic, another disruption, issues of supply chain, making sure that you have backup plans for supply, for your contractors. So I think that's here to stay. Also, I think the um, smaller batches may be here. So with Lubrizol, we have no lower limit on our commercial batch sizes. So I think you know, that's one advantage that we may offer. We'll see what happens. Dr. Rob Lee, thank you very much. Thank you. And Lauren, final question. And you said trending topics so are you able to maybe share around what some of those trending topics are and what seems to be hot right now from a content perspective what do people want to write about what do your readers want to hear about sure well of course mergers and acquisitions are very prevalent we're seeing them all the time um, and making sure that as an organization you're addressing that in the right way so that if there's a new name a new brand coming under a new umbrella that that's clearly communicated out to the space having a good media plan in place will help with that Um, that's a huge topic one topic I'm really interested in and that we're finally hearing in this space is sustainability Um, It's not something that we've talked about a lot in the past, but it is something that's trending and we're hearing about more and more in in the environment that we're in right now. It's super timely. Um, And and, uh, industry-specific, highly potent APIs have been coming up a lot. So that's a topic that I know we're looking forward to in our September print issue coming up later this year. Lauren, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And Bob, final question. Biggest trends in the sector, if you had a crystal ball of 
what's going on? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of biotech products really coming out now, uh, specialized products. Uh, not so much the rare disease, but uh, definitely a lot more on the bi uh, biotech side with the valves and syringes. And that could be just the timing too, you know. As we know, all the vaccines are coming out in valve format, injectable products, uh, preflow syringe. So that could be part of the answer, uh, reason for that. Um, our traditional uh, solid oral dose is still there, uh, but you know we're starting to see more more traction on the biotech products, definitely. Bob, thank you very much. You're welcome, Roman. And Stephen, final question: trends in the industry right now. You know, what are you seeing on the horizon? If you had a crystal ball, what what would it say? Well, I wish I had a crystal ball, like I, you know, we could play some bets, and I wouldn't be doing this business any longer. But you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of interest in the LNPs, uh, the lipids uh, for those LNPs. So, a big buzz in the industry right now around that. Uh, um, obviously, uh, Cordon's very well positioned there, so that's uh, great for us. Um, you know, that that's the big trend at the moment that we're seeing is really around that. And just so I understand, what's driving the demand for LMPs, is it just new therapeutic areas? Is it specific types of products? Well, I, I think, you know, the the LMPs have been around there in the industry, obviously with BioNTech and Moderna's uh, great successes uh, through the COVID vaccine has really validated it as a delivery mechanism. And now, uh, you know, it's reinvigorated that whole area and a lot of people are looking to see how those LNP delivery mechanisms can help them with their product lines as well. So, all Ste very interesting stuff. Stephen, thank you very much. Roman, pleasure, thank you. And final question, Claire. Biggest trends on the horizon, if you had a crystal ball, you're saying we know this is what I see happening in the next few years, is there anything that you can see being or impacting the industry? Um, I guess in a positive frame of mind, I, I think kind of more the, the, the partnership thing, I, I want to go on about that again, I think you're going to see a trend of uh, CDMOs moving into that more, that warmer, um, rather less contractual, but more more partnership with, uh, with their clients. So yeah. less transactional yeah. and more just having longer term partners. Yeah. Okay. Thanks Claire. You're welcome. Hi again, thanks so much for tuning in to Molecule to Market. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Get in touch with us on our website, moleculetomarketpod.com, and follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter, and we will see you again next week. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile and generate leads in life sciences.